Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and uh, senior pastor of Truvine Baptist Church. It's my heart as we welcome you. I welcome you, and I praise God uh, that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. And, and praise team is singing and playing while we're ready to be committed to the Lord. And it works right in with God would have us to share this morning. So I'm just so excited, and I pray that you too are excited. We give him all the glory all the honor, and all the praise. Pray with me. Father, thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. Thank you, Father, for this our time to worship you in this thy word. Father, bless now your servant. Speak with my mind. Think with my, speak with my mind, O God, and my mouth to share this what you would have me to share with these thy people in Jesus' name. And Father, we give you all the glory. For thou art worthy, O Lord. We bless you and we praise you. Thank you, Father. And as John the Baptist said, I must decrease and you must increase in me. Thank you, Father. And we give you all the praise. Bless now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. This morning we won't hold you long, I pray. I know that oftentimes I say that, then someone in the church will say, Pastor, why did you go another 30 minutes? Well, I pray not to do that. But pray for me. Amen. This morning we want to share a little bit about what Titus was uh, uh, charged to do. In Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 15, but our main text is chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. But they'll work hand in hand together. So this morning, the topic of this message is setting the house in order. Setting the house in order. And so as we began this morning, we are going to share from Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 15 is just a prelude that walks right into chapter 3. So it begins this way, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-control upright and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. These, then, are the things you should teach. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. Do not any, let anyone despise you, as Paul says to Titus, as well as to Timothy. So in the main part of the text, it goes in verse 3. And it reminds me, it goes from here. Remind the people, uh, it says, to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate and to show true humility toward all men. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, But because of his mercy, he saved us through the washing of rebirth 
and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs of of having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. And those that are standing may be seated in the house of the Lord. Setting the house in order. As the world views Christian believers, Christian behaviors, what do they see in Christian behavior? What do they say about Christians? What do they say about the house of the Lord? Oh, many of you already know what they say. Oh, I thought they were Christians. I thought they were in the house of the Lord. In other words, intimating that, well, the house of the Lord requires a different behavior. And really, the world is correct. That is true. You see, if a believer's behavior is out of sync with God and out of touch with society, it places the Lord God in a bad light. Now, I know that some of you are looking at somebody else or you're thinking about someone else, as all of us probably are, how our behavior has has, has touched and diminished the the goodness and the, the power of God in the lives of his people and what the church ought to look like to the world. In other words, Jesus said that the, the, the church uh, through him is the light of the world. It is the direction that the world should go. But as we look at the world today, it is diametrically opposed to the church. It is going its own way and the church is going its way. But the church is going the way that God wanted to go if the house is put in order. Now listen to me. My friends, it dishonors God and something must be done when the church is out of order. Now, I want you to know that you may not be so sophisticated to understand that I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the people of God who are the church. The building has nothing to do with it. It is an entity that's sitting here. It it, it is is, is inanimate. But we are animated. We are God's people. And if the house of God is not right, the people of God is not right, the world of world that God wants to save won't be right because our behavior is not right. Can I get a witness? It's got to be put in order. Titus' threefold mission was to put the house of God in order and teach God's people sound doctrine. My friend, what is missing today? In and out of church, I don't care what denomination, care less about that. Whatever people are gathered that say they are of God, not everyone is in tune to sound doctrine. Sound doctrine is simply healthy preaching and healthy teaching. I'm not 
one to, to bring you to your feet with all my antics. But I'm here to tell you that what does the Lord say in his word? And I plan to teach it and preach it till they tell me don't do it anymore. We got to have God's word and we need to not only have it, we must do like James said in 1 and 22, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Too many people hear it, but they don't do nothing. Too many people in this body of Christ hear stuff, but they don't do nothing. As if one eye is, one ear is closed and the other ear is just, you can't hear anyway. We hear it, but nothing happens. You see, it's a change that the word of God brings about in the life of the believer. That as a change that you can't help it if you're reading God's word. You can't help it if you're in tune to God's word. You just can't help it when you pick up that word and begin to read. You can't because God does an inside job. You may look the same on the outside, but all on the inside. When God has his way, you're a new person. You act different. You walk different. I used to hear it back in the day. I look at my hands and they look new. I looked at my feet and they did too. What's happening is the word of God goes in and comes out and blesses his people. We are changed by the word. Oh, somebody ought to hear this morning. Titus was to give them healthy teaching from God's word. Not healthy or unhealthy teaching from some stuff you make up and some other things. My friends, he had three things he had to do. Establish order in the church at Creton by, by appointing elders over the different church bodies. Correct false doctrines. Motivate the Christian toward good works. I'm talking about all, all of these things right here today. Establish order in the church. You see, my friends, when God calls the pastor, when God calls the bishop, or whomever you may call to lead his church, the congregation doesn't lead the church. It is God's called minister to lead the church with the congregation's behavior being better, have run the church as it ought to be. You may not agree with the way I'm going. You may not agree with what I say. That's your business. You take it up with God. Don't hold it against me. Pray for me that I hear from the Lord and that I do what God says. You see, correct doctrine we got to have because in order to combat false teaching and false doctrine, we got to have a true doctrine. If I came out and gave everybody a $3 bill, you would look at me kind of funny. Pastor, this ain't no real money. It's got to be monopoly money, even though it got George Washington on the front. You want to see the real money. God wants to see real teaching, real preaching in the church. The stuff that we hear many times does not, does not matter to us. The stuff that we hear often is that the church is, is taking God's word, uh, the unchurch is taking God's word and bending it and stripping it of his goodness and selling, telling lies about what God says and what he didn't say. Too many try to put that in their own lives and live that way. But you see, if you know God's word, if you're in tune with the spirit of the living God, it will tell you, don't listen to that. Don't do that. The Bible don't say do unto others before it do you. The Bible says do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. Are you with me this morning? 
We got to correct false doctrine. Some people said there's another God, but I want I, I, I command you today to, to tell me where his body lies. If my God is dead, somebody sing a song. If God was dead, show me where his body lies. If God is dead, who make the flowers bloom in the spring? If God is dead, who make the sun rise and then go down? If God is dead, I want to know. But my God is alive and well, and he's on the throne of glory right now. My God is awesome, and my God is alive even right now. I know we're getting close to Easter, but I want you to know, you don't have to wait to Easter to know that God lives. God lives today. Oh, God lives tomorrow. God lives right now. And he says, motivate Christians toward good works. If you're going to motivate the people of God toward good works, how you do it? You got to do it through living. You got to have an example. I must be, the Bible declares, as Paul says, I must be an example to the flock. If you see me tipping and creeping, then you can do it too. But if y'all don't, don't you do it. I'm just trying to make it real here. So often say, well, if the pastor drink, well, I can drink it. Even if the pastor does drink, does that give you that authority to drink? No. The Bible declares, told Paul, Paul told Timothy, take a little wine for your stomach's sake. Sometimes y'all are taking that a whole lot further. He didn't say no 40, 40. He didn't say you got to get a 40 pounder. He didn't say you got to walk around in a brown bag with a fifth. No. They had bad water in those days, terrible water. But it was not for ingesting all the time, drinking and so on. People ask, well, well the, 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 the people in the Bible, they drink wine. It was all right. Listen, if you want to do that, that's your business. But I want to tell you something. When we are attached with those kind of substances, it changes your mindset. Not so much with the liquor today, but it's also with the CBD. It's also with Mary Jane. Come on, y'all, talk to me. It's also about that little powder stuff you put on the thing with the razor blade. Come on. You see, God wants the church in order. If I'm not in order, how am I going to witness to somebody that's out of order? If I'm messing up, how, how, why am I going to bring somebody else into it? They had a movie out one time that says, I can do bad all by myself. I don't need to bring nobody else into it. We got to motivate the Christians toward good works. The word of God will do that in preaching and teaching. Listen to Titus chapter 1, verse 5. He says, for this reason, Paul's talking to him. He said, for this reason, I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking. Apparently, there was a lot of things that are lacking in Crete. Oh, don't look too bad on Crete this morning. Look now at your own self. Look now at your own church. There are some things in TVBC that's lacking this morning. Though we're not in in-person worship yet, but yet you are people of God. That's what you say. There's some things that are lacking in the body. And one of it is behavior. One of it is submitting yourself unto leadership in the church. I'm getting slightly ahead, but work with me, work with me. Things that are lacking, things that are wanting, implies things that is left undone. God has blessed the body of Christ, as we would say the church, with spiritual giftedness. And God has blessed his people with all kinds of talents, gifts, and ability. The question I have to you, are you aware of that? Secondly, are you using that 
in this body of Christ to further the kingdom of God. If not, you are in error and you need to get right with God right now. You don't have to wait till Monday. You can start right now. Like, Lord, help me, please. Help me to get off my do-nothing and get with it. And appoint elders, he said, in every city. Titus 3.8, this is a trustworthy saying. In other words, you can trust these words from verses 1 through 7. And I want you to stress these things, Paul tells Titus, so that those who have trusted, listen, to those who have trusted in God. If you have trusted in God, I'm assuming that you have trusted Christ to come into your life and save you. Now, our default position is the way we acted before Jesus came into our lives. Oftentimes, we are operating in the default position. Let us move now out of the default into the new position that God has us. Paul begins chapter 3 in the same way he ended chapter 2, verses 12 and 15 by saying, um, by reminding Titus to remind believers under his care of their attitude towards uh, uh, the attitudes toward the unsaved. Uh-huh. What's your attitude toward the unsaved? Right. Many of us, we are saved, but we don't want to talk to the unsaved. No, child, they ain't going to talk to them. Mm-mm. They're not even saved. Ooh, glory, no. Wrong! What if somebody had said that when you were unsaved? Yeah, right. Why don't you have some love in your heart for Christ and the unsaved? What's missing in our church is that we are not enough of us are telling the other folk that you need to get saved. You need to know the Lord Jesus. You got all kinds of ways you can do that. You see, we're not trying to find Christians to come into this body. I'm trying from the very beginning, I'm trying to find the unsaved, the one that was on a fast track to hell. I wanted to get them and call them and bring them into the house of the Lord. I wanted them to know my Savior, that he's good and awesome and mighty and can save and can turn your life around. Timothy was all tight. was also reminded that about their previous state of unbelievers lost in sin. Again, unsaved. He wanted to tell them about their attitude about the state of unbelievers lost in sin. Some of our family members are still lost in sin. And yet we won't say nothing. We won't even pray about it. He said, and got to talk, talk to them about the attitude toward gracious salvation through Christ. We need to let them know how good God is. The attitude to, uh, the, the, of, of the righteous testimony to the unsaved world. You see, your testimony, my testimony, is, is absolutely critical. Because when people look at the Christian, they're looking for the light, not the darkness. They're looking for a place to go. They're looking for a person they can trust. They need to get their life turned around. They are sick and tired of being sick and tired in sin. We have to help them and guide them, not to beat on their heads and drive them away. They are righteous testimony to the unsaved world. Our testimony, your testimony is righteous doesn't matter how long, how short. And when we share it with the world, they know that it's true because it's your testimony. Oh, when I was down and out there, when I was living in sin and blah, blah, blah. But I, that, I, that was a time that I, I, I tried Jesus. And I want you to know that I don't have to try nobody else. I tried the Lord and he worked it out for me. I, I'm saved today because of him. 
And if you're saved, you can have the same type testimony. But your testimony is yours. How you came, that's a wonderful thing to tell somebody else. This is how I came. I don't know about them, but this is how I came. I came out the club. I came out the band. And I put my guitar down and I went to church. And then God started speaking through me to this word. And I, I tried to shake him off. But you know you God won't quit because you can't shake him off. I, I hope that he will quit, but he wouldn't quit. I hope that he will retire. God don't retire. God called me. I answered. Scared to death, but God took my fears. Gave me joy over in the Holy Ghost. My testimony. You let them know how God brought you out. Too often time we want to make people think that we got here saved. Oh yeah, I was born such and such and I'm saved. No, you weren't. You're lying already. Let them know how it really is. And lastly, their, test, their responsibility, the church's responsibility to oppose false teaching and lastly, and divisive church members. The thing that stopped this body of Christ from moving or anybody of Christ to move is that divisive church folk they got their own head wrapped around whatever it is, and they think they got all the answers. They don't even know all the questions. But you see, we're supposed to be followers of the Lord and the, and the leader God placed over you. If the leader has got it, it's all messed up, the whole church ought to get in prayer. They ought to have some all-night prayer meeting about that and call on God and watch God work things out. See, these five things are solved with the preaching and teaching of sound doctrine by Titus, which is effective for evangelism for the lost. Today, we don't even want to use that word evangelism. It sounds so foreign and so hard and difficult. No, it's not. It's really one beggar trying to tell another beggar how to get some bread. The Bible declared that Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Well, I'm going to tell them how to get the bread of life into their lives. Oh, dear friends, again in chapter 3, verse 1, Titus reminds the church to be subject to rulers and authorities to obey and be ready for every good work. The churches today, many of them do not want to hear that. You have to be submissive. They think because they've got an office in the church, they can tell the pastor, the leader, the elder, the bishop what to do. Wrong! Keep it to yourself. Tell God about it. Don't go back to your default. Praise as God help the pastor, help the person that they may do better. This subject thing, it, it, it is of utmost importance. The word is translated from the Greek word hapotasso, and it's primarily a military term, meaning to rank under. Hupo means under, and tasso is to arrange. Really, it says to means to put it in subjection to something or someone. It is used of a soldier, absolute, a soldier's absolute obedience to his superior officer. Listen what Paul says in, in Romans 13, verses 1 and 2. Let every soul be subject to the governing authority, just like he told Titus. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Verse 2, therefore, whoever resists authority, resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. 
Oh, it may not happen right now. It may not happen in the morning. But it's going to happen. Why? Because God said it's going to happen. You can set your own clock and see what happened. Submission to church leaders is also applied. It also is applied here. It, it, when one is unsubmissive, they ought to be expelled, put out. All set in the house in order. There's an adage that says one bad apple spoils the whole bunch. And I've seen it in this body. It just kind of grows and grows and grows. People get, get upset with it and they leave the body because they can't take the stench anymore. Amen. And they're wondering what to do. They don't come to me. I'm the last person that I'll be notified. I'll hear, no, I won't hear it through, uh, through, through, through true vine. I'll hear it through the grapevine. Right. And all to hear about somebody's concern says, this is what I see. You and God deal with it. You see in Titus 3.10 it says, as Paul says, to reject a divisive man. That's a man or a woman. After the first and second admonition or the first and second warning. In other words, I'm only allowed two warnings to give. I should say, yeah, that's one. Okay, that's two. Tag your it out. But I'm trying to love folk and tell them to come on and let's get this thing together. Yet they want to come again and tell me how it ought to go. God didn't call you to lead the church. He called you to stay in your lane. Then he says in verse 11, knowing that such a person. Listen to Paul's words. Such a person is warped. W-A-R-P-E-D. And sinning, being self-condemned. I believe folk don't even realize that's happening to them. You see, the word warped, when translated, suggests that Satan is perverting the person or persons in question. The word sinning indicates that the person, man or woman, will not change their ways and will continue to rebel against God. We're talking about putting the church in order. Not the building, but the people. How we do it? Through the preaching and teaching of sound doctrine. Therefore, submission to the authority of Scripture demands submission in human authorities as part of our Christian testimony. Why some people don't want to come to our church? Because they got too many bad apples. Too many people are warped and sinning and don't even realize the situation. I've been notified Numerous people have left this body of Christ. And I began to wonder, Lord, why did they leave? God, you know I love them. But see, it wasn't about me. It was about some of those men or women who's warped and sinning. Run people away because they look like they've been created in heaven. And they're all pretty and they're white. And like they got uh, 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 an aura around their head like they just, just came from heaven. They are warped and sinning. They're trying to make other people feel like, child, you just don't know. I'm, I'm just so good. I don't know what to, I don't know what to do with myself. No. We ought to have humility in our spirits. We ought to be humble before God. The Bible says we need to humble ourselves before mighty God, and then he will lift us up. We're not to think of ourselves more than we ought to think. 
Oh, child, I'm just too good. No. Thank God I got clothes to put on. Thank God I can talk and I can walk. Thank God I can move and speak. Thank God that he blessed me. I'm thankful, oh God. But I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who's able to save anybody. Jesus. It's not about me. It's about him. It's not about me. It's about God Almighty. He died and gave his life for me. He told us what to do. Told me to go and share the word of God. There's some things that are lacking in the church. Oftentimes the church does not want to hear about the things that need doing up. They want to hear about getting straight. They got their own mind made up. But I'm here to tell you that God got his mind made up. And his mind will trump all minds. So let's get it right. Setting the things in order. You're going to set things in order of you. The Bible declares, if I have done anything to anyone, I, got, I can't go to the DA and say, man, I'm going to talk about the choir. He said, no, pastor. You need to go back to that person and tell them you are wrong. We're wrong. I can't go to Deacon Brown and talk about Deacon Ham. I got to go to Deacon Ham myself. Deacon Ham, man, I'm sorry. But you see, we don't want to do that because the enemy has his hooks in you. And the enemy keeps, oh, yeah, they'll be all right. Oh, no, you ain't got to say it. Oh, it's too late now. It's never too late. If you got to email them, you got to send them a message. Do it. Things need to set in order so God's blessing can fall on the body of Christ. Oh, I hope you're listening to me. In verse 2, Titus continues to remind the Cretans of all uh, who crossed their path. Listen, to speak evil of no one. Stop the gossip. Oh, we got some folk in this body. Glory. Child, have you heard? Oh, did you hear? What? Oh, let me tell you. Do you have a minute? And you talk for an hour. Stop it! You want to tell something, tell God. Speak evil of no one. Then he says to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility. You're not sure? Go to Galatians chapter 6 and read about the fruit of the Spirit. It'll tell you about it. Then he tells us why in Titus 3.3. For we, listen to me again, for we ourselves were also once foolish. Listen closely. You may find yourself here. You may not be all of these, but you in one of We were once foolish. We were once disobedient. We were once deceived, serving various lusts or desires and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hating and hating one another. All right. Oh, I know we were in there somewhere. The right. Apostle Paul adds more to the list. Oh, this, this is heartbreaking. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, do you not know, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do you not, do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, or, nor drunkards, or revilers, that's people who try to destroy other people with words, nor extortioners, will inherit the
the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. It didn't say you all of them. Such were some of you. But you see, the good news is when Jesus came. When he came into my heart and changed me. The Bible says I'm a new person. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. Praise God. Oh, of course, you still have the old nature that will rise up and want to do those things again. You'd be very clear. No, I'm serving God. Praise his holy name. My friends, there seems to be a pause between verses 3 and 4. It suggests a new thought. But really... Paul is continuing his argument to demonstrate that there had been a change in those who are saved. He says in verses 3, 4 through 7, we won't read all of them. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward men appeared. And then I love what Titus says. Not by works of righteousness, which we got, but we didn't do nothing right. But according to his mercy, he saved us. So if you say, we ought to be ready to go. Listen, God's love has done three things. He made us alive with Christ. He raised us up with Christ. He seated us with Christ in the heavenly. That's how God the Father looks at us right now. So lastly in Titus 3.8. This is a trustworthy saying. And I want you to stress these things. So that those who have trusted in God. May be careful to devote themselves. To doing what is good. Titus was instructed to set the things in order in the church. He was faithful in carrying that out. Healthy preaching and teaching. God's word set aside, set things right in the church, as it will with any church. What continues to lack are those who have not given their life to Jesus Christ in the church. There are some in the body of the congregants that are not saved. They look like they're saved. They carry the Bible like they're saved. They dress up like they say. Or they walk like they say. But they're not. God has given them one more shot. It's God's will. Did you not know that God is not willing that anyone should perish? People say, God must hate me because you've heard it. No, you hate God. Because if you looked at it, if anybody ever told you, it's God's will that you be saved. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So, based on that, as I close this day, will you, talk about those who don't have Christ, will you accept God's will for your life today? His will is that you be saved. And we're going to tell you how. Will you accept what Christ, Jesus has done for you on the cross out of Calvary? If not, we're going to tell you in a minute. Will you accept the historical record God gives of his son? And the record is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. Paul says, for I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Today, friends, it's your choice. you got a choice to make. It's your choice whether you desire deliverance from your sins or to remain in your sins. The Lord God will not make you, nor will he make anybody trust in Christ. But salvation, why don't you? Why don't you come? 
to help me, to help God get our house in order. Why don't you come and ask Christ to come into your life today and be your Lord and your Savior. You can do that right now, wherever you are. You, you can do it right now. On the screen, there will be a number that you can call. And don't worry about everybody talking and carrying on. You just wait till the council give you your number while you're on the screen. And, they'll, and you can call that number for your personal counselor. You can tell the counselor, listen, I, I want to be saved today. You can tell the counselor, listen, I'm saved, but those things that pastor talked about, I, I got to get it right. Pray with me. I want somebody to pray with me. Or you want to join this body of Christ because you're already saved. Call your counselor right now. You can do it right now so the house of God can be in order. Jesus died on a cross out of Calvary more than 2,000 years ago. He hung him there six hours one Friday. And he bled and died. And he gave his life, the Bible says, for many. And the many is just hundreds of thousands upon thousands upon thousands. He gave his life so that we could have life in him. Not to have life to do what you want, but to have life to do what he wants. Would you do it today to help set the church in order? Ask God to do it right now. You may be feeling that guilty thing. Ask God to forgive you. Save your soul. Give your strength to move forward. And God will do it right today. Today is the day of salvation. Will you come? Will you come? The Lord says, come. All you that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Not rest from the world, but rest in him. Come. He's just waiting on you. His name is Jesus. He's the Lord God of heaven. And he's my Savior, my Lord, my soon coming King. Trust Jesus today for your life and salvation. And he'll do it even right now. Who's in that name that's above all names. Jesus, who is the Christ, the Son of the living God. You can come right now. Will you do it? Come on and be saved. Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again. And we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.